Philippines, Father Dan Canberra, and I'm a Marian of the Immaculate Conception, the religious community that operates the National Shrine of Divine Mercy here in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. And today I'd like to speak to you about St. Philomena. St. Philomena is one of those saints that I must admit I've only come to know in the last year. It was quite an accident for me that I should meet a priest, Father Kessel, in Minnesota who talked about going to the National Shrine of St. Philomena in Wisconsin. And since I was traveling from Minnesota back through Wisconsin, back to the National Shrine, I stopped at her National Shrine as well. Not a grand and glorious place, but nevertheless, it was there that I met someone who told me about St. Philomena, and I'd like to share that story with you. It seems that when the bones of St. Philomena were discovered, there was absolutely nothing known about her. There was a nameplate which was broken into three parts, and as they tried to arrange the three parts to the nameplate, it seemed most logically that her name came out to say Phil Lomina. Phil Lomina would mean, in fact, a friend or a lover of the light. As time went by, people wanted to honor this saint, although they didn't really know very much about her, other than that she was a martyr, indicated by the palm branch on her nameplate, and the fact that her bones were discovered in Christian catacombs. Later, however, three individuals from three very different areas and very different walks of life each had a dream of St. Philomena, and St. Philomena came to them and told them the story of her life. The fact that three de different people from very different areas, from different walks of life, from different educational backgrounds, should all have an identical dream with so many of the details matching was enough for the church to recognize this story as worthy of consideration and not contrary to the faith. It seems that she, in fact, was the daughter of a minor Greek emperor or governor of a small region, possibly nothing more than a small city-state. At any rate, the Roman emperor at the time was considering waging war with them and taking them over. So as the leader of his people, this man and her wife, went to the emperor with their daughter and asked that he spare them the disgrace of war. And the emperor was particularly intrigued by their daughter. He asked to marry her. She refused saying that she had already made a vow of virginity and was offering her heart and her life to Christ her Savior and him alone. This infuriated the Emperor Diocletian who had her thrown in prison. And after 37 days of torture and quiet 
but painful live life in prison. Finally, she had a vision of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Christ child. And the Blessed Virgin told her that she was going to suffer even more cruelty. And in three days, it would all come to an end. The next three days, the emperor brought her before him and demanded her hand in marriage. And when she refused, he had a large anchor tied around her neck and had the anchor tossed into the Tiber. The rope, however, burst and she did not even fall into the river. This only infuriated him further and he decided that they would put her to death by shooting her with arrows. The arrows didn't seem to go and hit her straight. Then he inflamed the arrows, but something happened and it caused the arrows to get stuck to the bows and they burnt the bows as well as some of those who were attempting to put her to death. Finally, the emperor ordered her beheaded. And when she died, she was received into heavenly glory as a martyr of the faith, for she proclaimed her faith in Christ her Savior. And she forgave the sins of those who had tortured her and helped bring about her martyrdom. She was, in fact, not brought up in a profoundly Catholic household. Her parents actually were pagans, but they had someone in their circle of friends, possibly even somebody who was an indentured servant, if not a slave, who was himself a Catholic and a doctor. And since they had not been able to conceive and they had tried all the tricks of their pagan faith, this Catholic doctor suggested to them that they accept the true faith of Jesus Christ and ask him for the gift of a daughter. It was precisely a year after they accepted the faith that their daughter was born to them. As she was the product of the light of faith, she was going to be called Lum, light. But as it came to the very moment of her baptism, she was renamed, so to speak, Philomena, lover of the light, the light who is Christ our Lord. While we don't know for certain, it seems that these dreams that were had by three people certainly seemed reasonable because of the images that were placed on her nameplate. Down through the years, Many popes have recognized her and even extended to her the highest honors of being the patroness of the Arch Confraternity of the Universal Living Rosary and consider her to be instrumental in the lives of some remarkable people, not the least of which was Venerable Pauline Jericot, who ultimately founded the propagation for the faith. And one man well known to many, the cure of Oz, Jean de Baptiste 
de Vianney was certainly one of her most devoted clients. Through their intercession, may God Almighty bless you and bless all those whom you love.